We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you, the fans, a platform. So welcome once again. We got some off-season news for you. Lacrosse ends on a sour note. Um, actually caught me quite a bit by surprise. Uh, yeah. Football, little football news. The primetime game schedule was announced. And basketball, uh, got some news with Brissett and Battle. Um, uh, mostly with Brissett there. And the final um, recruiting rankings came out. There were some rule changes, and Syracuse basketball is going to take a trip to Italy. We'll talk a little bit about that. But first, oh look, here's the deal. Summertime. Here It's summertime, and if it ever stops raining in Syracuse, and you decide to go to a concert or something, I have the perfect <laughs> thing for you. <laughs> I got the perfect right. thing for you. SeatGeek is a new network sponsor for Armchair All-Americans. And um, what they do is when you go to their website, you type in what you want to see or where you want to go, what game you want to see, or even Broadway shows, and you type that in. And what it does is it scans the web for you. And what it'll do is it'll rate what it finds on ticket prices 0 to 10, and it lets you know whether you're getting the best bang for your buck by giving you markers, a green dot, that's a great yeah. deal, a yellow dot, that's a decent deal, and a red dot, that is not a good deal. No go. No, don't bite on the red. Don't bite on the red. Use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive 20 bucks off your first purchase. That's two nice. free beers or a couple sodas at the uh, stadium or wherever you go. Um, okay. So what are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek, Life's and Events, and we have the tickets. So let's see. Yeah. Lacrosse. Man, I'm a little upset about the lacrosse. I was really upset during the game because, yeah. I mean, we just watched the ACC tournament. And it was like three weeks in between, so it's like, geez. You know, well, I guess we were out so early. I guess it it uh, the conference championships lasted that long. We were, right. just, we were just done so quick. But – the the two games very similar in the NCAA tournament game just uh, lack of possessions. Joe, I mean, you watched it yeah. in the fourth quarter. They were up go. They were up what twelve to eight towards the end of the third quarter, and then yeah, something they, like that. Yeah, and then in the I think they scored their last goal with like three thirty one to go in the third quarter. Well, they yeah, scored well, one with twenty seconds 20, to go. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but uh, which was you know null and void basically, it was just right. trying to close the gap there, but. You know, they couldn't win a face-off. No, that was frustrating. That's always frustrating. And that was it. That was the the story there. And, you know, with 
lacrosse, and we've talked about it, one of the best things about that sport is if you score, you can get the ball back. And that's what North Carolina did to us, and that's what uh, uh, Loyola did. So Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, it was, again, you said frustrating because in the beginning of the year, we were kind of up and down, didn't know what we were going to get. Then we had some some comeback games, you know, where we made some good comebacks and it started looked like we were starting to get it in gear. And then we were playing really well. And um, <laughs> then and like he, like we said, we talked about it, it kind of just fell apart in the ACC tournament because they had a lead against North Carolina and then North Carolina came back and won. That was a four and goal then, lead as well. Yeah, it's like seven the same thing happened with Loyola. And yeah. I, it was the same thing without being able to uh, win faceoffs. So it just was a frustrating end of the season because I thought we definitely had the offensive firepower to and pretty good goalie in defense uh, to to make a run. But when you just Loyola's keep giving the ball too. back, you know, yeah. Loyola's goalie too. You handed to him, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. He was killing it, so he's catching everything. Um, yeah. it, it's the first time the Orange have failed to win an NCAA tournament uh, in. Uh, back-to-back seasons since 1981-82. Ooh. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, women's lacrosse are still so, in it, so. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's not the same sport, man. I'm just going to say just, it. I was hey, – look. It I is not the same there. sport. I don't know. It's like field hockey with sticks in the air well, instead hey, of on the ground. Either way. You ever try to play with a, a girls' lacrosse stick? My daughter no. has one. We tried getting her into it. Dude, it's hard. It's terrible. It's a growing sport. It's a growing sport. <laughs> no, it's not. Hey, uh, I don't want to argue this. Hey, it's getting big down south. Girls and boys lacrosse is getting big down south. Yes. But girls lacrosse and boys lacrosse is two totally different sports. The rules are totally different. The play is totally different. Doesn't mean they're not both growing. Touche. Two things can be true at the same time, Joe. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, the Orange have not won a title since 09. And we, we, you know, I was reading something. I was like, oh, since 09. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a long time. But, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's because our expectations, right, Joe? With the yeah. With the lacrosse program. So, you got Desco. They're calling for his head. Obviously, uh, that probably well, is not going to happen. Like uh, we talked about, it's. What have you done for gr- me lately? It's a growing sport. It's a growing sport. Yeah, but it's a growing sport. It's not gone are the days where you only have, you know, a top, you know, four or five powerhouses. Uh, It's grown so much that you get, I mean, Penn State was number one. They were the number one team going to the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, that that didn't happen in the past. You know, Rutgers had a good team this year. So, uh, it's just, it's been growing and we just don't get the, you know, the best of the best anymore. It's, there's more. There's more competition for recruiting. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the uh, they haven't been to a Final Four since 2013, and um, it marked I think the third time in the last six years where they were knocked out in the first round. So, um, yep. you know, better luck next year. So, fo- yep. football, we have just some brief news, some exciting news. Where did Coach rank? Coach rank um, preseason? Well, they ranked the coaches when you come in like 27th. Yeah, something um, like that, yeah. And you know, Dante Strickland. I'll he, take it. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy with that. There's a lot of coaches yeah. in the nation. I mean, you know, he's getting he's getting recognition. I'm fine with that. Dante Strickland yeah. earned a contract um, for a spot in the Card- in the Cardinals mini camp as a member of the 90 man roster. So congrats to him on that. It'd be interesting to see how they decide to talk about a, a new coach trying to build something. Uh, see how 
they plan to use him if they do and what happens there. So good luck to him in that. Now the, now the fun stuff for football. So three, three primetime games and we've got Thursday, October 10th is, and these are not in any particular order. We'll save the best for last October 10th, NC state. It's a Thursday. It's a awful. Yeah. Right. I know. Well, I'll take primetime Friday, Saturday. There's a lot of people. Okay. But but if there's a lot of people going to that game, Right, yeah, you're, yeah, right. But here's the thing, too. It's going to get a lot of viewers. Thursday Night Football. I mean, oh, yeah, 100%. A game like that, you know? So uh, that's good. I think that's yep. good to get in that slot maybe once in a while. So just so. going to have to take that Friday off. You're so weak, man. Just what freaking. do you mean weak? Come on, dude. Dude, you'd be home by 1130. Oh, come on. No oh. way. Oh, come on. What do you? I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Our games, our games definitely go longer than three hours. I'm talking three and a half hours yeah, and getting true. out of that place. Come that's on. true. That's true. Good point. Damn. Okay. <laughs> so take Friday. I don't even know why I'm arguing. I'm just arguing with you to argue. And then Friday, October 18th against Pitt. That's seven. That's a seven. Very next game. week. I love that. Yeah, two in a row. And then of course, before all those happen, uh, we yeah. ha- we have Clemson, uh, September 14th in the Dome. So 7:30 kickoff. That's going to be awesome. Maybe possibly a college game day appearance. Uh, the last year's. Oh, that was for basketball. Uh, yeah, we have never. We had got snubbed football. last year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's becoming closer and closer to be able – there's not too many options that day really for – Did you go look? Well, they've they've kind of thrown it out there oh, okay. um, in a couple articles that I read, and there's really only three or four that would be close. And Alabama at South Carolina was one. Um, I'm not going to remember all of them. I mean, but that's not really uh, – I don't know. Well, it depends. I mean, if we hold, I mean, this all depends on what we do with the first. If we want that, obviously, we have to go to Liberty and win and go to Maryland and win. 
Otherwise, we probably won't be in that position because Clemson most likely will still be number one. I think right now, going into at least right now, going into the season, I think we're ranked like 22nd, I think, in the way too early preseason polls. Right. So, right. but if we're ranked, um, I can't imagine that if we if we're not preseason ranked, then we'll be right outside of it. If we win our first two games on the road, we most likely will play our way into it. So it'd be two ranked opponents with Clemson coming in with our you know last two years of the history of our matchup. Um, I think that's a perfect, perfect situation. And usually those college game day, um, they go to places that have those primetime slots. So I'm sure some of these other matchups that some people are thinking about might get eliminated once some of these times um, get announced. So yeah, well, to be determined, either, man. Either way, still. I mean, it's great to have something like that, the recognition and the, just the just the whole aura yeah. of it and being in Syracuse yeah. and everything. It's homecoming. It's homecoming. It's the first yeah. home game. Yep. So that would be awesome. It would be huge. Retiring but, Tim Green's jersey at halftime. Oh, are they? Oh, okay. Yep. Well, that's cool. All right. Um, basketball. Now, there is a there was a bunch of basketball news, kind of. I mean, well, we can make a show out of it, I suppose. Just a little tidbits. <laughs> so yeah. uh, Andre Jackson, he was ranked – um, 38th in ESPN's top 100 prospects in the class of 2020. He's played, actually, he was on the Albany City Rocks team, and he was teammates with Joe Girard. So uh, those right. two know each other. I mean, he's a top recruit. We're talking, uh, let's see, right now yeah, he's So did 30. Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, I know. I, exactly. Wow. <laughs> you can poo-poo that because it does. that means absolutely nothing. You're right. Um, he was um, – Ranked 38th player in the latest version of the ESPN 60, so for the class of 2020. But he did. Oh, he's a good player. Yeah. Yeah. He sustained an elbow injury that kept him out part of the season, uh, part of the early season last year. So, you know, uh, top rated player. Yeah, exactly. Uh, top rated player, and and we'll see if if we can scoop him up. I mean, you know, it can't hurt to try. Yeah, well, you got to get the 2020 uh, recruiting class started somewhere. That'd be a good one. So they would be. Uh, Brissett, he was uh, early in early circulations of the uh, names on the G League camp. He, his was on it, and sure enough, he got invited. So he impressed. He impressed uh, them enough to be invited. Impressed and intrigued. Yeah, yeah, impressed people in the NBA enough to be invited to the NBA Combine. There was only 10 out of 40 players chosen, so he did good. He played really good his first game. I think he scored four, uh, 15 points in, in one of his games. His team went 2-0 and yeah. in that thing, so yeah. he had uh, like eight rebounds. I think he was like one for three from three-point land, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, the day before, he did some shooting drills, and I think he hit like 15 of 25 three-pointers oh, in wow. that drill. So, yeah. yeah, plus his body. I think yeah, he, was six, just an intrig- he was an intriguing player. Um, there's probably a lot of guys that they saw enough of, you know. Yeah. So, but some guys that they probably wanted to see more of, you know. Battle didn't make it because of la- he was, in he was last well, year. he was there last year, you know, and they kind of got a gauge probably on where he's at. So. Yeah. Uh, well, they do got a gauge, but. Yeah. You know, battle's gonna do what battle's gonna do. Well, there's battles, there was reports today that um he's got he workouts some... with 15 teams I think lined up according to his. Dad. Oh, battle, yeah. yeah but yeah. they had some. They had the preliminary. They had uh, the first day combine, um, and they had some measurables from Brissett. I think he was like he he did some some good things. So I think oh, he had the good. lowest body fat percentage out of everybody. Um, and obviously, you know, he's a strong player. He had a uh, 
think the second or third best standing uh, jump. vertical jump. jump. Yeah, so um, he had an average game when he did play five on five, and there were some drills that he didn't uh, participate in. So there's still a couple more days of this, and there'll be more. Uh, but yeah. For something that we kind of boohooed and poo-pooed on a little bit in the beginning, and like I he's know. just going to go out and kind of get his feelers, you know, of course he's going to go out and actually, you know, perform. And you know, I'm obviously I, you know, I'm not going to hate on a decision if no, he decides not. to, no. you know. Yeah. But I, I, in the beginning of this, I kind of thought I was looking at it as like a battle situation from last year, or you know, I thought it was kind of obvious, like you know after the season, he's just going out to put his feelers out there, but he's went there and he's performed. He's taken advantage of the situation and now he's in the actual NBA combine. And if he can take advantage of that situation, then I mean, it's a real, real situation now or position where he could definitely go to the draft. Yeah, it is. And it became a lot more real. It became <laughs> a lot week. more real. Yeah. I mean, I guess he's just going to have to look at, you know, where then listen to the experts and see where he might land. But, you know, when you think about a Brissett coming back or not coming back, you know, would Duke have three top five NBA prospects on their team last year? You know, one guy's not going right. to make a team. It would be nice to have him back, but it's not going to, it's not a make or break. And I felt the same way about Tyus last year. So, you know. Well, I mean, we've kind of gotten used to this, Syracuse fans, yeah. right? Uh, I yeah, mean, after well, yeah. a couple of years, you, you, yeah. you got Malachi Richardson, Tyler yeah. Lydon, Tyler Ennis, Michael Carter-Williams, Deion Waiters, these guys. I mean, we're at the point now where, I mean, I'm used to it at this point. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it about winning his game now. Oh, yeah. It's about weighing his options and seeing if he wants to do what Battle did, come back, get his degree, you know, take right. summer classes, work hard over next season, get his degree and then leave, you know, give it one more hurrah. And he'll but, get professional advice. He's not just, you know, he's going to have, he's going to have, people are going to tell him, hey, you know, go, maybe you got a lot of potential. I'd go back to college one more year. Well, yeah. And you I know? mean, in some of the uh, articles that I read too um, on Syracuse.com, he was, you know, they had interviewed him and he was talking about how he's learned in this process, especially going against all these hungry players, especially in the G League, because you got guys from the G League that are sitting here waiting for a chance and, uh, other guys that didn't get drafted at the combine that are trying to get those ten spots, and you know there were some times I think we all thought, and I I mean I would challenge anybody if they wanted to, to talk about it or, or debate about it about the fact that it looked like sometimes O'Shea Brissett he checked out or yeah. that he wasn't always playing as hard as he possibly could, and maybe taking plays off and getting out of it. And uh, yeah, he definitely wasn't the same player from his freshman season. He definitely wasn't, and that's why we thought the way we thought, and that's why our opinion was formulated the way it was. Well, my whole my whole thought process of him was he just looked hungrier his freshman year, and his sophomore year it looked like sometimes he was a little bit more out of sorts for some reason. I don't know if he was in his head or I, I don't I don't really have an answer for it. But when he was in the game, focused, going hard, he usually always played pretty well. Right. But it was when he kind of looked like he was out there kind of just not really being aggressive. And I just think those are the times when Bayheim got just frustrated with him. And those were times there those are times when he took long, long, you know, stints on the bench this year. And there yeah. were times when it, he did that and it looked like he wasn't even into the game. So you go to a combine like that and play against guys like that and with the, with the, the hunger of those players and, and trying to get to the NBA, like you can't take a day off. You can't take a playoff. 
can't take a minute off. And he's learned that. And he, he talked about that was one thing that he did learn. And if he comes back to Syracuse, that's something he's going to try to come back and instill in the team and try to be a better leader and stuff like that. And I think that's something that we've sorely, sorely missed. Oh, so we have no just, leadership. And it's like there's, everybody's right. afraid to take the reins of that right. team and, for the past few right. years. So Right. And hearing that. And if he could take the hunger out of this experience and bring it back and him be hungry and actually like, you know, show the team and be that leader. Oh man, that would be, that'd be a nice season to look forward to next year. But again, if he takes advantage of his situation and a team wants to draft him, he's going to be gone. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, it is, it is what it is. Like, like Joe said a minute ago, you know, we just deal with it. We move on next man up, Mm -hmm. man. It's just, you know, it, it is what it is. So battles team, Oh, I had Brissett's stuff right here. Brissett, they went 2-0. and He was 8 for 15 overall, 2 from 7 from the three-point line, 3 mm. of three, three from from the charity stripe, and he did have 8 rebounds and 1 assist, total 21 points. Battle, his team in uh, that combine went 1-1. One one. He was 3 for mm-hmm. 10 overall, 0 for 2 from the three-point line, 5 of 6 from the free-throw line. He grabbed nine rebounds. He had two assists, and he scored a total of eleven points. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right, um, all right. Before we get into the final recruiting rankings for basketball, I'm going to tell you about my bookie. Everybody who's listening, they, you guys know about my bookie. I've used it. Joe's used it. I wouldn't recommend it to you if I thought it wasn't a good company. They they have fast payouts. And that's why I'm urging you to make your way over there. You win. They pay. They have in-game live betting. Uh, And the the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for all you fancy guys and gals out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fancy points a player will score each game. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code QS25 to activate that offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code QS25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. You play, you win, you get paid. Dollar for dollar. I mean, you know, check the rollovers. Dollar, dollar. Check the rollovers. You know, it's not for everybody. So do your research. If you don't do online betting or never have, I would check it out. But they're all kind of the same. So if you're going to do it, go with my bookie. Yep. Promo code QS25. Okay. So the latest, I guess, it was a list, the list, the rankings, had right. Syracuse uh, fallen from 27th in the uh, ranking for the recruiting class to 30th uh, mm-hmm. as far as best in the nation. That's according to 247 Sports. So, and that, by the way, that puts us six about middle of the row in the ACC, just right. hovering above it. But, so we have, let's let's start with Bryson Goodheim. Um, he was their first commitment, and he still remains at the top. He's number 91. Now the grades, Joe, can you explain the grades? As far as as far as the grade, I don't understand. What is it based on? It's just this, just the athleticism, just everything combined. That's his grade, ninety six. Well, essentially, all these recruiting services they have their own criteria and how they scout these people or players, I should say. And um, depending on you know, you can go to a certain site if you like one or if you have one over another. But then there's also a composite score, which is basically the average of all the major recruiting services. So depending on which way you want to look at it. Um, so, I mean, you can go to a scout.com 247 sports um, and a bunch of other ones. Uh, but 
if you want the composite, the average, then, I mean, you can get that as well. So I think ESPN has grades as well. So uh, it all really just depends on what you prefer. But, um, again, we all know that <clears throat> it's pretty much, you know, a crapshoot. Right. As far as these yeah. recruits go. I mean, he's – You never really know. He's our only top 100 player, according to ESPN. And right. he's in 96. Now we can go down to John Bolajak, who's, you know, he's a promising guy, I think. You know, center coming in. He's 450 – he's ranked 452. And his right. grade's in 85. That's why I'm asking. It's okay. not a ton of space in between there. And you're talking – Well, no. And you're talking about – I mean, a lot of times when it comes down to it, you're talking about a point is a 1,000 players, you know, or 100 right. players. You know, so, yeah. I mean, it's – again, you can't really look too much into it. I mean, it, it's all just numbers and it gets exciting, you know, clickbait just that kind of stuff, you know, ranked 30th. So as a Syracuse fan, you might look at it like, oh, we have five recruits and our recruiting class is 30th. Like what the, you know, but mm-hmm. I, when, you know, now, well, the, well, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, we like, again, we finally got out of our sanctions to where we have all our scholarships back yeah. and we've seen what not having the depth has done to basically rely right. on just a f- handful of players for so many years. So now we have a chance. This is a perfect example of a class that can come in and um, the ones that we used to see where, you know, you might have a guy that's good enough to come in and, and contribute maybe two, maybe a guy's going to be able to leave early. But for the most part, you got a handful of guys that are going to be able to contribute and also play, um, you know, four years before your players. You know, there's some guys where we don't really need – we're probably not going to need their services this year. So we can redshirt them and let them develop. And then, you know, they turn into, you know, five-year players with the redshirt and, you know, those type of teams and having those type of players, that's what we kind of always had as a Syracuse, you know, team. We always had that depth, those four-year guys that could always carry the load. And then, you know, those younger guys that can come in and, and help contribute. And that's kind of what we've been used to, the makeup of these teams. And now we can finally use all our scholarships and see what's up. So, yeah, we got a couple big guys coming in. Maybe one won't stick. Maybe, you know, there's a lot of times back in the day when we'd have these big recruits or recruiting classes and one might transfer because, you know, they just don't stick. But, hey, this is what you got to do to kind of find, get back to where. I mean, you're essentially you're rebuilding. You don't have scholarships for three years. You have to rebuild and you can't do it. You know, I mean, rebuilding in college basketball is. Right, not really a thing, but I'm just saying, you know, with the type of program he runs, it's tough. You know, right. you know, the uh, assistant coach left, and you know this and that. So, and now my my whole thing is, to be honest with you, like let's look at, let's do Quincy Garrier first. He was one fifteenth. Um, he was actually higher than Goodine, and uh, he was hovering around the fifties, according to two four seven. But he slipped, and makes him the biggest drop. In the recruiting class, but he still sits second if you rank him from best to right. worst according to the rank. But um, Jesse Edwards at 170, and this was a guy who I'm really excited about. I was shocked to see yeah. him at 170. And he wasn't even ranked on 247. And <laughs> it, it, right? So, I mean, but, you know. Well, he didn't start playing high school basketball in the United States, I think, until this past January. Yeah, so a lot of this right. comes down to visibility. 
You know, right. I mean, if you're on a high major AAU circuit and you're in a situation where you go to a prep school, or you go to one of those big schools where you have that type of, you know, politics is a is a thing with this too, you know? So that's why a lot of times I don't put grades into it. And we know we run a two, three system and we know that Bayheim looks for guys specific for his system. So again, I just kind of just put it in the hands of the fact that I just trust the coach and in, in getting the guys in the system. Yeah. They're you know, the ones get, that go to the school. They're the ones that watch them. They're the ones that talk with them. They're the ones that, right. that have one-on-ones with them. And yeah. So, and there's little yeah. things that come with it. Like John Bolzak, like, like we talked about and we saw like at some point either a sophomore or his junior year, he was the top 70 player. And then because of an injury, because of the lack of visibility, because he wasn't playing for a whole year, he probably missed his high school year yeah. and his AAU year. So by doing that, you're going to, you're going to drop. And that just happens. Just like Jesse Edwards, he, he wasn't on, he wasn't, he didn't go through the AAU circuit. He came in in January and you're talking, he's been at six months and he launched all the way to 170. You're talking about a guy that, with two or three years of visibility since a since sophomore year, if he had that in the states, you're talking about probably a guy that's that's higher than that. So, and, I and mean, let's not forget about the guys we already got too. Jesse right. Edwards, I think, is going to be a pleasant surprise. I think, mm-hmm. especially being at center, and yeah, you know, maybe splitting time with Sadibi or whatever. I don't know, but Dude, his footwork and coordination is it, it's it's is, just. It's so something good. we haven't seen in three <laughs> yes. plus years. Yes, since Christmas. Yeah, Christmas and Kita. <laughs> yeah, right. It's so so so. It's been frustrating down low, and I mean, it really, it just it, it stifles the offense, man. It stifles yeah. if you can't run pick and rolls and all this stuff. It's the same stuff we talked about. Had, we, I mean, you know, Chukwu, he had flash. He's shown flashes. They've shown flashes, but you need a consistency I mean, yeah, I there. Consistency, man. Consistency. It's like Dean and Baber's thing. Not occasionally great, but consistently good. It's what right. you need down there. And so, mm-hmm. anyways, Joe Girard, this one shocked me, but I mean, whatever. It's fine. Oh, and I was going to say, let's not forget about the young guys that didn't get a ton of playing time last year, like the Braswells and. You know, we had the, the issue with Jalen Carey. Jalen Carey, but we had the issue with Hard Washington too. I don't see how that pans out. You know, he was out all year. Right. So mm-hmm. it's going to be exciting, man. You're ex- yeah. you're excited about dude. Football. Open season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Especially especially yeah. if Brissett does. If Brissett goes too. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm just going to count on it right now. I think it's a huge bonus. He comes back, and with you know what you were talking about. With, right. with him having motive motivation to motivate motivation to be a leader that would be mm-hmm. that would be just huge it would be yeah. just if he can at this point if he came back then my expectations would be i mean I know. I, right now i have two different expectations depending right, on what be. he does at this point right all right cuz i yeah, would love to see a hungry motivated O'Shea Brissett. cuz i think he's a fan favorite i think people want want him to do good they want him yeah, to be great so. and I don't think we got to really capture as a freshman. He did great, but it wasn't his peak. And then I think he progressed a little bit. And I think it, it was a little, I think he was distracted, had, man. We a talked couple about little it. things, but at the end yeah. of the day, to be able to have him come back as a junior and be able to see him focused and already gone through what he's gone through these past couple of weeks. I just, I mean, phew, talk about fan favorite, man. Yeah, I know. And he's, he's great, man. I mean, he could have such a great year. He could, he could, he'd be, he'll, you know, he has an opportunity to take the team by the reins and and do, and do something special. And put up double really doubles get, like Billy yes, Owens and, get and Derek really, Coleman. And get really recognized. Not to be, maybe not be that, you know, 
dominant, but he's he could he has that type of talent. He just has he has to know it and do it yep. and have that hunger. Yep, Joe Girard at he's ranked 188, and you know the more <laughs> I was so high on Joe Girard, <laughs> I'm so excited about Joe Girard. Every time I like read something or talk to some people, sometimes I'm just like. You know, I'm not an all-in type of fan either. I'll never be like, you know, some people think that Joe Girard's the saving grace and he's just going to come in and it's going to be, you know, Joe Girard's team right off the bench, right. you know, freshman year. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not buying that. I'm also not right. buying the the idea that because he played in kind of a smaller league or whatever that he kind of dominated that he might not be able to make a difference right away. Because he can shoot the ball. I mean, he does shoot the ball, and he did. Right. You know. Well, there's. I got a clip. We'll play in a little bit of coach. But so that's the the final player ranking. Syracuse ranks yeah. thirty. Well, I'll tell you what. You know who he kind of reminds me of a little bit. Oh. As far as, I mean, he didn't Trevor have Cooney? the national. Huh. You gonna say Trevor Cooney? No. Well, I'm gonna say Trevor Cooney. The way that he did his, what he did, and obviously he's probably a better shooter. He's definitely a better shooter, but. Um, he kind of reminds me almost of like, he, he wasn't as highly like, remember Greg Paulus? Yeah, absolutely. You remember Greg Paulus? Yeah. yeah. In high school and everything, he was, I mean, he won state championships and, you know, I mean, I don't know if he did in, in basketball, but I know that they were winning sectionals and making it to states. And I know he won state championships in football and he was highly recruited in basketball and football, but, uh, just to have to, to play those two positions and to be that successful and to be that, that, that type of leader. Like if, if you were to say that at minimum Joe Girard was going to be a Greg Paulus, would you be happy with that? Yeah, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. And he's got a jumper and I think that's the type of attitude and leadership he brings. Now, obviously there's different little things. I'm not saying they're the same player, but that's just kind of because they're both from New York state. They both played in that type of competition. They were both, you know, those same positions and the leaders and bringing able to do what they did to bring their high schools to, you know, state championships. So that that's the type of player that you're going to get as far as leader, vocal leader, being on the court and being able to trust that type of guy. And whether he plays, whether he plays the first year or not, I think that he's going to be, he's going to be somebody that is going to be a contributor, like contributes to success in years to come in Syracuse. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It's this whole team's gonna be so interesting. It's gonna be so much fun, and hopefully, we're gonna get to watch them, uh, you know, over the summer a little bit. Actually, at least we'll see highlights. But so, well, here, I mean, do, they're taking a trip. Yeah, they're taking a trip to. So Labor we're gonna Rents. be able to see that. I'm sure we're gonna be able to somehow stream those games. Yeah, and that'll well, be good. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a second. You were mentioning Greg Paulus, and I'm like, I forgot to tell you about. Uh, do you remember um, Dave Syak? Is it Dave Syak? Yes. You remember Dave Syak? The center? Yeah, late 90s. Yeah. Yeah, he's like 6'10", 6'11". Mm-hmm. Well, he's a teacher in Stop. Virginia Beach. Oh, really? He's a high school teacher in Virginia Beach. Yeah. So nice. I was I was working for someone. I had a SU. I was doing some – I was measuring something in someone's house. I had a, um, I had an SU hat on or something. She, she started talking to me. She's a teacher at the school with him. Oh, okay. And she's like, "Oh, he's one of the teachers at at our school." And I'm like, "No kidding, 
Dave Silent was so weird. <laughs> I haven't heard that name in forever. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, so I thought that was funny. So, hey, if you're a true Syracuse basketball fan, you know who Dave Syak is. Yeah, dude. That's funny, man. So anyway, we've got – we Small put out, world. Yeah, I know, right? And I was I was thinking, I was wondering if he was from here, but I never looked. So the – the NCAA is thinking about changing up a couple things, and one of those things is uh, the shot clock proposal. This one I really like, and the other one I'm, I, I like, but I don't like it as much as this one. Shot right. clock proposal is this. When you get an offensive rebound, the shot clock doesn't reset to 30. It resets to 20. So we love put it. out – Love put, it. Yeah, I love that one. Uh, anything uh, like like – let's see. Let's see. Let's go right to Twitter. Let me see if, if anybody said anything. Sorry about the Twitter, man. I'm just like the off season no. and the Twitter just is like I let other hey, people man. do that, the heavy lifting. I'll do the easy <laughs> stuff during the year. <laughs> so anyway, we put we put polls out. So um, I asked what you thought about that, changing the clock, cl- cl- uh, shot clock from 30 to 20 after an offensive rebound. 13% undecided, 30% don't like it, and 57% say, hell yes, Bring that hmm. on. Yeah. So at, I thought that number would be higher. So would I, especially if you're a Syracuse fan. I assume that these are all Syracuse fans. Uh, right. You know what I mean? So yeah. at Tony Cuse 44, he says he loves anything that speeds up the pace of play and increased scoring. Now let's tackle the insane amount of, of time replay consumes. Yeah. yeah. How about a shot Roger clock? That. How about a shot clock for a replay clock? How about that? A replay clock. Uh, set it at a minute. You got a minute. Make that decision. Okay? Yeah. And I don't care how much time's left in the game. But I say that, and then I think, man, definitely don't want to. Dude, I say, I say that you have somebody, like, that's maybe at at the actual game that's somewhere in, like, a box. It's got these these monitors that can sit here and just look through the replay real quick. Cause, because you know what happens is coaches go crazy, and they want to do the replay, and there's stuff going on. And there's a lot of different little things going on that sometimes the refs really can't concentrate and go straight to it. So you put somebody up there to where as soon as immediately you know that it's being uh, reviewed, you got somebody already up there. The refs go up, put on the damn headphones, yeah. and somebody else tells you what the hell happened, yeah. and boom, boom. And if you Because there's too much distraction going on out there in the court for that stuff to be – you know, and then this guy's got to look at it. This guy's got to look at it. You got fans yelling at you. There's people looking at you. Then they all got to bring in the other ref. Like, if you have one person in solitary <laughs> with these monitors just watching to get the right call, you have those refs go over to the board, put on the headphones. That person tells you the call, kind of just like football. Did, did you? Well, did um, if if you would stop talking for take a breath for two seconds, I was going to tell you. Did you watch any of that football league? What was that football league? Was it the one that the was... A- over- the American Allegiance AAF or whatever? Yeah, well, anyways, I watched a couple of those games just because it was fun. You know, it was like some big hits and stuff like that. So they had this this woman up in the booth, and she went through a replay like by herself and talked it out with people downstairs as she was going through it. Like, it took her no time, man. She was like, look, yeah. here's the deal. You know, you got to know the rules and you got to have one person. You can't, you can't have a bunch of people chirping in your ear. You can't have fans throwing stuff at you. you That's know? what I mean. Yeah, yeah. there's so, so much distraction down there. Yeah, I know. So much distraction. So, um, uh, let's see. Syracuse at 
at Clark Stant says Syracuse would be one of the biggest benefactors of this, along with moving out the three-point line, which is the other one. He says he loves it. I that's me. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. With that. At at um S S H R S Sports Mike. I don't know. S R S H R S P O R T Mike. Uh, he says no way punishes the team that belongs, that bangs the boards and follows their shots. Fundamental part of the game, no chance. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I may be. Well, that doesn't mean that it's got to go back to thirty. Right. You're getting it. You're it's, getting another possession. Yeah, I know. It's and it's it's ten seconds. So, I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, um, who cares? Most of the time, when you get an offensive rebound, you put it right back up. Yeah, most of the time, unless you're trying to t- kill clock, which is you hmm. know. Which is what's going to help us. Right, exactly. Because of the lack of possessions, we give up a lot of offensive rebounds. And most teams, you know, they shoot three-pointers. A lot of shooting three-pointers against us. So moving the three-pointers back helps us. And also doing that helps us. Because when teams do get offensive rebounds, it definitely shortens the next possession. Yeah, so moving the three-point line back from 20 foot 9 inches to 21 or to 22 feet 1 and 3 quarters inches. What is it like? Fourteen inches. Well, two nine. Something like so that. Three. I don't know. Whatever. No, you're trying to math, bro. Yeah. Don't why do you do? Why do you put me on the spot with the math, dude? Uh, so it doesn't. I figured matter. you already did it. It's like no, I didn't. So it's yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, that is the what is that the that's the international uh, yep. three point line. So. Uh, we did a poll on that as well, and 11% were undecided. 20% were a no-go with that, and 69% said that they love it. I'm in the 69%. I think it's a great idea. I think they're taking most of those shots back from back around that line anyway, around that area. Well, a lot right. of them. And a lot of them, yeah. You, right. And either way, I think the NBA line is a little bit farther than the international line. Yeah. But either yeah. way, I mean – if you plan on playing professionally, you're either going to be playing in the NBA or international. So at minimum, you should at least be playing at the three-point line that's the minimal between NBA and international. You know what I mean? So it'll help everybody. And it helps, you know, against teams that want to just chuck the three against us. So Right. So anyway, well, I'm for it. And, so, and we could see this as, as soon as 2021. So. Okay. They are also talking about a couple other things as far as that goes. And that would be the flagrant two fouls, which include ejections. They're thinking about assessing those if they hear derogatory epithets. So I think that's a good one. You know, it yeah. maybe will calm some guys down. So yeah. if, if, uh, if, if you're out there cussing someone out or you're calling someone, you know, derogatory names, which, you know, you hear the mic pick them no. up in the NFL sometimes. Yeah, there's but, no no place for that. No, so. there's no place for that. And we were just talking about replay reviews. And uh, how about putting the replay clock on that? Well, now they're going to include, or what they want to propose to include, basket interference and the goaltending calls in the final two minutes of regulation or overtime. So mm. that's like one, it happened one weird game where, we have an issue. No, it was, it was an important yeah. game. It was an important game, <laughs> That's but it was usually one what game. Happens. Yeah. That's usually what happens. I know. It's usually something weird like that happens, and everyone calls for craziness, and then the NCAA has to look and see if we have to put it in for review. So, hey. Right. 
So, last two minutes is a crucial part of the game. So if you, you get parts like that where it's actually, you know, because I'm pretty sure UCF beats Duke. That, that's true. <laughs> that's true. There's a bunch of bunch of stuff going on down yeah. there, and I'm pushing the back yeah. and all sorts of stuff. So it's literally where that rule came from. So anyway, uh, that'll be fun. We'll see what happens. But here's another thing. One more football story. Our basketball story, and then and then uh, we'll let you guys go. So they're going to take a trip to Italy, and I'm going to play coach here in a second. But um, this is what we were talking about. I'm sure they're going to stream these games. It's going to be a little sneak peek into Syracuse basketball early over the summer. And you know, if there's anything to be excited about, it's that, in my opinion. Right. I'm just going to. Well, say. yeah. So, dude, that's well, that's how you grow a team right Jim you're gonna go to another country with just you as a team and you're gonna play against I'm assuming some type of maybe you know scrimmaging in some type of professional team or something like that maybe collegiate teams over there I don't know but either way when you go out there you're kind of out of whack and all you have is your team so that's where you get bonding and that's where you get that extra work so Brandon Trish, by the way, killing it over there in the in the yeah, Italian is. league. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, Coach was on a show, MSG, and it was co-hosted at the time, I think, just temporarily by none other than John Wallace. And so, mm-hmm. here's Coach. Coach, a big summer for you guys. Uh, you're taking the crew over to uh, Italy. Uh, tell us about that and uh, how that's going to go for you. Well, you know, we try to go overseas when we have a young team. We have five freshmen coming in, five sophomores, and uh, three juniors, no seniors. So uh, we're losing a lot of veteran firepower this year. So I think for these young guys to be able to have 10 practices, play four games in Italy, and then, you know, get to eat a lot of good food over there, too. So uh, I think we're all looking forward to the trip. We're going to great cities, uh, Florence and Venice and Lake Como, and then down and finish in Rome. So... It's a great trip, and I think it'll be a really good basketball experience. Normally, when we go on a foreign trip, we we have great years. That extra time does help. Well, Joe is a tremendous player. He's a player of the year in the state. He led his team to the state championship in basketball and in football. He's a tremendous competitor. Uh, He has an adjustment. He's coming from a smaller league, uh, uh, but he's an unbelievable competitor and shooter. And uh, we need shooting. Uh, I think he'll be able to help us right away. You know, we think we have five freshmen that can help us. We have two 6'11 kids and a 6'7 and two guards. So we think our our freshmen are going to help us. Um, we got a really good sophomore class and a couple really good juniors. So uh, I like the makeup of our team. Uh, We kind of struggled a little bit up and down the last two years, but I think this team has a chance to be really good. And just a question of uh, our backcourt will be freshmen and sophomores and, you know, to see how they adjust to college basketball. That's going to be the big one, I guess. Yeah. The, 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 those younger guys adjusting. You, well, we saw the adjustments with Buddy Beheim though, over the course of last year. I thought he did good until, until the heat was really turned up. But he had his right. moments, though, and, you know, a player like him, he's going to be coming in a sophomore, and he'll be able to teach those young guys a lot in the, the pace of the game. So, Yeah, well, traditionally, they talk about you know coaching and experience guard play uh, when it comes to being able to lead your team deep into tournaments and stuff like that. So 
Obviously, we don't have that going for us this year, and that is going to be the big question. But uh, doing a trip like that can do nothing but help. And again, we talked about it. There's really not going to be too many locked up starting spots. There's going to be competition. A lot of young players, like Bayheim said. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, this trip is going to help. And um, again, it it's going to be exciting. It's going to help, but the thing about it is, is getting some kind of continuity. Right. All these young players coming in and having some kind of, you know, real, some live action <laughs> uh, play with all of them and getting to know one another. That's where I think it come a lot of it, you know. No, dude, I mean, play, it's, so. leave your egos at the door. Exactly. And I mean, I think we have a lot of guys that are are like that, that are humble, that, that don't mind. I mean, Joe Girard's a perfect example if he can come in and help. But, I mean, he is a great shooter, but you could see the difference of if you were to look at his stats at the, um, you know, Albany City uh, AAU team compared to his stats in Glens Falls. I mean, he was a chameleon as far as being able to step up and play his role. He knew what he had to do in Glens Falls, you know, but then he went to AAU and played against a lot of talented players and he knew what he had to do there and he did it very well. So a player like that, I mean, and, you know, Buddy Beheim has been a guy that's done that. So um, Dolce, you know, we've had a lot of selfless players, and um, that's only going to help. Yeah, obviously. You know, yeah. And the last time that we did do one of these uh, trips was, I think, 2013. We went to Canada, not that far. Not It's a little bit of a different trip, but that was Tyler Ennis coming in as a true freshman. And, uh that seemed to work out pretty well. I mean, the NCAA tournament was a little bit of a disappointment losing to Dayton in the second round, but that was one of the more exciting seasons we've had since we won the national championship with Carmelo Anthony. Right. Starting. I mean, 25 well, we start and 25 and 0, 28 and 6, 28 and 14 and really 4 in just, the ACC with a three seed. I mean, that was. Yeah, you just lost to You just you got upset. <laughs> that, that Pittsburgh buzzer beater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that was a great year. So I mean, there's no doubt, like he said, uh, ba- like Baham said, that that kind of stuff helps, and it's only going to help this team. It's a very young team, but it's very talented. And, and again, you never know what you're going to get. So yeah, definitely. Well, we'll have to see. I enjoy of the. Of course, uh, I obviously. enjoy the chatter of it, though. It's oh yeah, nice. the speculation of it, of course. Yeah. But So I would love. Well, we should have done. We can do fan feedback for that or something, maybe. See if we can get some, provoke some thoughts out of all y'all. Right, right. So, all right. Well, that's all I got, Joe. You got anything else, buddy? I'm all set, bro. All right. Well, that is it for us. Thanks to James on guitar. Thanks to my bookie. Thanks to SeatGeek. Thanks to all of you for listening. We appreciate it. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe. 